Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Samoa sacked their sevens coach. The new Pacific mini-games boss says Vanuatu will be ready and the Solomon Islands are ready for the Futsal World Cup. But first, Mount Hagen Eagles trainer Stanley Akinu has been banned for life by the Papua New Guinea National Rugby League Board after assaulting the referee following his team's defeat by the Agmark Gurias in the Digicel Cup Rugby League semi-finals. Two Eagles players were also handed 10-year bans, while the Western Highlands franchise has been suspended from competition for three years. Four Gurias players were also fined and given five match suspensions next season for retaliating. Papua New Guinea's Minister for Sport, Justin Tachenko, had called for the team to be banned and says strong public pressure helped the PNG NRL make their decision. I see now that um, Western Highlanders have uh, banded together to condemn the actions of one or two individuals spoiling their name. Uh, and as I said from day one, doesn't matter where you come from or, or who you are in Papua New Guinea, the situation is is that we condone violence in sport at the highest level and we must never, ever tolerate such behaviour ever again, no matter who you are. So... The PNG NRL have banned uh, those culprits for life, which uh, is justified, uh, and uh, three years for the uh, Hagen Eagles banned from the competition. Apparently, they are appealing that decision, but uh, we've got to look at the facts and figures of the behaviour of the team uh, over this season, and uh, we cannot tolerate such behaviour uh, in our local uh, level uh, competition as such. You know, the Digicel Cup, um, I must say, was the catalyst for Rugby League when our competition under the PNG Rugby League was non-existent. And they set up the Digicel Cup for the purpose of saving the code. They've done a fantastic job. They organise it very, very well. Um, They've got a good administration and management and it's been running well, but we just can't allow one or two individuals to to spoil it for the majority. Now, these penalties that have been put down by the PNG NRL are only for that game or that competition. So um, I believe uh, in the next couple of days, the PNG Rugby League, who looks after Rugby League at the national level, will assess the... Uh, penalties of PNG NRL and see whether as well those um, culprits and officials uh, will be banned from any rugby league game in the country, not just the uh, competition. We'll wait and see what they come up with. Obviously, if they're banned from the Digicel Cup, that's your national competition and one would expect they wouldn't go on to any higher honours. So are you talking about not even being able to play for a local club team, do you mean? Any club any competition, whatever it may be. 
Minister, when we spoke initially after the incident at the semi-final, obviously that in itself was a violent incident and that's led to this ban for uh, the trainer Stanley Akinu and, and obviously the suspensions for the players uh, and the three-year suspension for the club, as we've talked about, and the fines. But obviously following that, we had the tragic death of um, Joe Piddock, which, uh, which was, I guess, a result of you know the violence that ensued at the beginning. So what was already a very serious incident became, of course, very tragic as well. And so I guess that kind of widened the ramifications of everything. Yeah, it did. It did. It made it more ten times more serious. When you have a death, an innocent death of anybody from the spin-offs of um, the uh, violence that was caused from that particular uh, match uh, of rugby league, um, of course, it has much bigger ramifications. Uh, and uh, a death of a young man who has got a wife and a young child now a widow and uh, orphan child there in respect to the father no longer being there. So it's a big thing, and it's totally unnecessary. I mean, it was totally uncalled for. The police are now uh, putting in a full investigation to find the culprits that uh, actually killed this uh, young man who died from his injuries. And uh, it just puts a very sour taste and bitter taste uh, and, and just destroys the whole good feeling of the game. Uh, and the code, and uh, we have to ensure that uh, those found um, to be guilty of this particular crime, especially of this death of this young man, must get the full force of the law. Uh, We're talking death here. We're not talking an injury. Uh, We're talking the uh, life of a human being, and that is just totally unacceptable. It's uh, it's just a disgrace. Justin Tachenko. All parties have 14 days to appeal their bans and fines. The Samoa Rugby Union hopes to have a new sevens coach in place by the start of October, following the dismissal of Damien McGrath. The Manu finished ninth during last year's World Series and were beaten by Spain in the final of the Olympic qualifying tournament in Monaco. CEO Falioma Vainga Vincent Fapuliai says that result proved decisive. The Monaco Sevens, Damien's uh, contract was uh, up for review. His performance was up for review. We went through that process since the end of June, and uh, that report was submitted into the board to make a decision. Is the whole season a failure, the one that went? It's hard to say. I'm not prepared to uh, comment on how the board came about that decision. I guess at the end of the day, it was about the scoreboard, really, uh, our failure to make it to the Olympics was uh, probably swayed the board in the end. Because that final match against Spain, that obviously the winner qualified for the Games, I mean, that was literally 30 seconds away from the money making it. Yeah, well, you can put it that way, you know, in that sense, but it's still, we, didn't, we never made it. Based on the last season in the World Series, Samoa came in ninth place, obviously winning in Paris there being the highlight. Uh, did you see progress in the team? Yes, there's a lot of progress. I think our board differently uh, in terms of the overall uh, performance of the team. We've had some uh, mixed results over the last 12 months. There's some good stuff uh, going on, some good new players coming through. But at the end of the day, it was all about the crucial result that the whole country wanted at the end. And obviously there's a new World Series starting in a few months' time uh, in Dubai. Some of the local players had already begun pre-season training. So how does this process affect that? Obviously you're going to need to get someone in pretty quickly. We need to uh, go through that process pretty quickly. We're hoping to have somebody 
hopefully in place by the first week of October or so, but preparation and training is still going as normal uh, at the High Performance Unit. Um, in the release, you mentioned that the current staff, being Damien McGrath and, and the management, you know, are welcome to reapply for their jobs, but obviously when you sack somebody, realistically, they know they're not wanted, so, I mean, you wouldn't expect that to happen, would you? No, I don't think so in terms of that. Uh, that was actually put in there in terms that we do have a managerial role and uh, assistant coach's role, so it's up to the panel who to be shortlisted, and uh, I suspect that that will never happen. It seems that he was quite surprised by the decision to obviously terminate his contract. Um, was it made clear to him that the job was up for review at that board meeting? The board makes that decision, and they made that decision based on what was given to them in the end, and uh, it wasn't just something they just made up. There was a whole process that went through, and a report that was submitted to them. And uh, in their view, uh, they had to... Uh, re-advertise the, the, the position. He obviously was appointed from offshore. Uh, in the past, you'd gone for local candidates. I mean, does that suggest that perhaps that might be the way forward to go back to a, another local or, or Samoan coach? No, we're opening up the, the position like we did recently, so it's going overseas and locally. And I guess it's uh, going to be a pretty competitive time with the likes of Fiji as well, also looking for a new coach. And post-Olympics, uh, we're going to now have a, a full four-year cycle leading up to the Tokyo Games. So, you know, the Sevens game is going to get all the more bigger and, uh, I guess, pressure-filled. Yes, it's going to be very competitive. We realise that. And uh, we are working uh, towards uh, making sure that we've learned from the lessons and, uh, and, and try and move forward as best as we could. That's the CEO of the Samoa Rugby Union. Faleoma Vainga, Vincent Fapuliai. The new head of the Pacific Mini Games in Vanuatu says preparations for next year's event are about to hit top gear. The starting date was pushed back to December 2017 following Cyclone Pam, while changing governments in Vanuatu have also caused delays. Clint Flood was operations manager for the Pacific Games in Papua New Guinea and replaced the late Joe Carlo as Mini Games CEO. I had been down in May and then again in July, and we were starting the transition. and And the board and and Joe had had made some decisions about uh, me uh, moving into that role and and Joe being a support role. So, uh, the the news of Joe passing was a shock to everybody. Um, he left an incredible legacy, not just obviously for these games, but you know, sport and media in in Vanuatu and throughout the Pacific. So. It's big shoes to, to fill, but I know he's kind of looking over us and making sure that we deliver great games that uh, we can all be proud of. The last games, I think, were in 93, in uh, the uh, mini games in 93 in Port Villa. So there's a lot of activity taking place. Uh, the, you know, uh, venues are under construction, uh, courtesy of the Chinese government and some other aid groups. Um, we're starting our marketing campaign. Uh, you know, where we're starting to recruit staff, uh, we're getting the sports engaged. So there's a lot of things that Joe put in place that now we're able to to move forward. So what is your understanding of exactly where things are at right now, and and uh, if if you can put a number on it, how far behind schedule or close to schedule everything is? Well, I think any games organizing committee would like to be further ahead. I mean, it's just it's it's a natural. So uh, the construction has now started at Corman. Uh, there's there's a lot of construction to do, but but the, the Chinese government, uh, through their contractor, will 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 pick up speed. I think, uh, you know, hopefully we we hope for good weather or, and and not too many uh, too much rain and and certainly uh, not again a repeat of of the disaster last year with Cyclone Pam. Um, 
we have now started to engage some staff. Uh, we have a launch on October 14th of our sponsor program. We're out in the marketplace now talking to sponsors. We've got a government uh, agreement in terms of funding, which is was the most critical thing uh, uh, to put in place. We're now working out the mechanisms of you know obtaining the cash flow and, and, and providing the, the documentation around that. The board uh, is being established. Uh, Mark Stafford, a longtime resident of uh, Port Villa in Manawatu, is the is the chair, and he's busy recruiting uh, board members. The Games Authority, which is the overall governance of, of the games, uh, it's in place. It, it, the first meeting will take place the next week or so. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got 14 months to go, I think, before uh, December the 4th. Uh, I'm anticipating that we'll, we will pick up steam as we move forward. I, I'm, I will be down there full time next week, um, and and we'll really start moving uh, moving along. Yeah, I guess one of the challenging aspects in the last year or so had been that relationship with the government, and I guess, um, especially considering the government kept changing, or there was a level of uncertainty. So, are you confident now that that relationship between the organising committee, uh, the people entrusted with obviously delivering the games, and the government of Vanuatu is strong? There's been a lot of um, the, the government's had some challenges. I mean, pipe, uh, the, the cyclone really threw the government for a loop, and and, and uh, the huge amount of revenue that they generate from the VAT from the hospitality industry, you know, was was affected. So, making an investment uh, that they need to do in the games is, is a big de- decision, and I think that was uh, something that they delivered hard over. But I'm I'm very confident now. We we've we've got a new minister in charge of sport. Uh, they've appointed uh, some um, you know, bureaucrats to help us. They've appointed a full-time person to help with the finance. So, uh, you know, I have every belief that the government is is 100% behind this and, and, and want this successful gains. But the legacy that will lead afterwards, I, I think they clearly understand that and they, they know how this will help move them ahead in a whole bunch of different fronts. So about 15 months until December the 4th, give or take a day, Clint. Uh, I mean, when do you anticipate all the venues will be ready, complete, and, and available for testing? The plan right now is October. Uh, we'll, we'll keep to that date. Um, having come from Papua New Guinea, and, and uh, we saw that again in Rio, uh, you know, your plans need to adjust. So if the venues, in, in the case of Papua New Guinea, were handed over to us two weeks before, we still ran a successful games. Uh, we'll just continue to work with the contractor. We have a good relationship through the Chinese government with the contractor now, and we'll just play it by ear. Uh, the, the key venue, of course, is the stadium uh, and the track. They, they're doing all the ground prep right now. Uh, when I was there a month ago, they were pouring the foundations for the for the stadium itself. So, you know, hopefully good luck uh, with weather, but, but I'm confident they'll be delivered on time. That's CEO of the 2017 Pacific Mini Games, Clint Flood. The Solomon Islands futsal team have completed a three-week stint in Brazil and now head to Colombia to represent Oceania at the World Cup. The Kurukuru played six matches against local club teams, Mozambique, and were thrashed 18-0 by the hosts and world number one, Brazil, in their final encounter. Coach Juliano Schmeling says it was a big learning experience. We arrived in Brazil on the 16th of August and we have a few uh, friendly games in a professional club. And last week we came to Sao Paulo for a couple more friendly games and last night I came to Brazil. So total six uh, friendly games here in Brazil. 18-0 against Brazil is a 
pretty one-sided scoreline, but what do you take out of the tour? Um, what have you learnt from these matches against top opposition? Every single match was very important for us uh, because uh, I knew about the difficult uh, to play against national teams or clubs uh, when you have the reality in Solomon. But the idea was to play close to 10 friendly matches until the World Cup because I knew the friendly game could be making a lot of difference for us in the World Cup. For me, it was very positive. Uh, we play against Australia. We play against some clubs here in Brazil. We play against Mozambique last week. And it was very positive, uh, friendly games. And for me, yesterday, or last night, was different. It was different. The celebration then organized. I, I knew we play against Brazil last game before they, they headed to Colombia. It was a big challenge. But it was a big lesson for us to play against the, the best team in the world. And definitely the players enjoying to play. And, and we have a lot of things to learn from the, from the game last, last night. And you've got less than a week now until the start of the World Cup for you guys. Your first match against Costa Rica. And of course you've then got matches uh, against Argentina and uh, Kazakhstan after that. How are you feeling about your expectations going into that tournament? will be a big challenge as well. Three matches in Colombia will be a big challenge. We, we know reality. Definitely the friendly games we did will help us. And against Costa Rica will be a big decision for us. The first, friend, the first game always is tough. And play against the champion from CONCACAF will be a big challenge. They are doing a great job for the last few years in Costa Rica. And then the second match against uh, Argentina, probably the second best team here in South America. They improved a lot in the last few years, Argentina in futsal. They have only one player from from Argentina playing in Argentina. The rest of the team, every single one playing in Europe, in professional clubs. So we know the challenge will be very high. And the third against Kazakhstan, we know they have three Brazilian players. The managers, the Brazilians, they have a project in Kazakhstan for the last, working together for the last three years. And they did very well in the UEFA uh, competition. So we know it will be a big challenge as well. For us, it's three finals. We we want to go to the, the, the World Cup and represent Solomon very well, represent OFC very well. But definitely we'll be ready for the three challenges for us in the World Cup. Is there a target, like win one game? I know the team's done that previously at World Cups, managed to get a win. Uh, do you want to try and match that, or do you, do you not set yourself a target like that? I think when you go to the competition, definitely we, we want to win. Definitely uh, we expect to have three points. Yeah. We know the reality of Argentina and Kazakhstan. We know the challenge will be much higher than Costa Rica. So I think we have a chance this First, uh, first game against Costa Rica, probably a chance to maybe have three points. But before thinking in three points, I think uh, the first idea was to represent very well Solomon and the UFC. And then why not? Uh, why not try to get to the three points? Now is the time to to get uh, all the videos, all the friendly games that we got here, and have a look and watch again. 
and get prepared because in five days will be the first challenge of the year against Costa Rica. So we need to be ready in on the 12th. That's the Solomon Islands futsal coach Giuliano Schmeling. And that's the world in sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.